This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Latino USA is the only national Latino news and cultural weekly radio program. It's hosted by award-winning reporter Maria Hinojosa, who leads a team of reporters who delve really deeply into experiences and points of view you just don't find in most of mainstream media. WDET is going to begin airing Latino USA on Saturday mornings at 7 and on Wednesday nights at 10. We're joined now by Maria Hinojosa, who is the host of Latino USA. Maria, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen, how you doing? Yes. Hello, Detroit. Hello, Detroit in the house. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Very exciting. That, so, uh, so, so happy because, you, you know, be I'm us. a Midwestern girl. You know, I didn't grow up. I was born in Mexico, but I was raised in Chicago. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't hanging out in Detroit, but you know, Michigan, yes. close to my heart. Yes. Are you guys right. warm? Uh, uh, it's warmer than it was yesterday. Yeah, thank but, you for sending uh, it to New York. We, we just got it. So thank you. Yeah, thank it's, you pretty, very much. it's pretty dangerous uh, when it gets this cold and not a lot of fun. Uh, let, let's start with having you tell our listeners about Latino USA and its mission. So Latino USA is 25 years old. Um, and even though we've been on the air for 25 years, our audience now is exploding, which is kind of mm. wonderful. I think people thought maybe we would be around for one or two or three years. Um, we were created uh, at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, and then about 10 years ago, when I created my own nonprofit media company, we took over the production of Latino USA. We expanded the show to an hour. And what we do is basically, oh, gosh, it's like wonderful narrative journalism. It's great conversations, it's investigative reporting, it's music pieces, it's deep interviews. Um, so we kind of do it all. It's interesting, you know, digitally on our podcast, the majority of our, our, our audience is non-white. Mm. It is young people of color, majority women. On the radio, like on NPR stations, the majority of Latino USA's audience is actually not Latino. It's white. Hmm. Um, we have the second highest African-American listenership to any public radio news program. We're really, really proud of that. Um, so we get like the bo best of both worlds. We are speaking from a perspective that is decidedly Latino and Latina. But we also understand that we are having a conversation with the entire country. Hmm. And um, and we we have a very high standard for our reporting, for our journalism, because we understand that what we say and how we say it is actually going to be impacting a lot of people in a moment in history when, and frankly, Stephen, I never thought that 25 years in to Latino USA, would I be saying that we have an administration, actually, and uh, a president who ran specifically Att on attacking Latinos and Latinas. Yes. So um, what that means is there's a lot more interest in kind of the way we, because, you know, we're, yes, we're Latinos and Latinas, but, you know, I'm a Midwestern girl. I'm a Chicagoan. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker. I'm a Harlemite. I'm a Mexican. I'm married to a Dominican. Latinos and Latinas, we're, we're just like everybody else. We're multifaceted. 
And we are part of you and you are part of us. So I'm so thrilled that WDET has put us on the air. Can you get this here? You get the <laughs> feeling in my voice and I'm yeah, so excited about absolutely. this. Absolutely. Really, really, really happy. And I'm so happy to have met you personally when I was out there at Wayne Community College. Yeah. Um, That's right. Really we had wonderful. you here uh, in the studio to talk correct, about correct. Uh, this uh, just a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, There is, of course, a lot of news uh, in the national media right now about Latinos and uh, Latino issues. Uh, and as you point out, I, I think a lot of that has to do with with this president and uh, the agenda that he put forward a few years ago when he was running and its focus on attacking the idea of uh, Latino presence even in this in this country. Um, but I'm curious to, to, to get your reaction to some of the things that we are reading and hearing about this week. I was really taken aback, for instance, by Tom Brokaw um, talking about Hispanic assimilation in a way that I was not even quite sure what he was trying to say. Uh, but it, it certainly it certainly didn't reflect anything uh, that I know of uh, Latino culture or immigrant culture in this country. So Tom Brokaw, <clears throat> who I have a ridiculous amount of respect for, which is why I've asked him on multiple occasions and in multiple forms to please join me to have a conversation about this because I'm not interested in attacking him. I'm sure he feels attacked. Mm-hmm. But I really want to try and understand because that's what we do as journalists and that's what you do, Stephen. We have conversations. We try to understand where people are coming from. So when he started out his comments on Meet the Press, um, where I would love to be a guest on Meet the Press, (laughs) um, he started out by saying the reporting that he's done, which means he's spoken to people and he hears from people probably his age who are saying things like, well, I'm really concerned that I'm going to have a black or brown grandchild what does that mean? I'm, I'm very concerned that my gra- granddaughter is going to marry an undocumented person. Uh, I'm very concerned that they're going to start speaking Spanish. What does this mean? I'm afraid. He was reporting what he had heard. And that's legitimate. And by the way, I've heard that too. The problem was that then he slipped into, you know, and all of us, look, it's our greatest fear. Whenever we're on live television, you know, there's always the possibility of a faux pas because we're human beings. So I feel like he kind of went down the the rabbit hole in starting to say, you know, but I think everybody needs to make a better effort at kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. That was good. And then he just said, but, you know, Latinos, Hispanics in particular have got to work harder at assimilating and learning English. And it was like, wait, where did that come from, Tom? Like that is not factually true, first of all. It is not factually true. In fact, for people like me, Stephen – Um, and maybe some in your audience, my concern is keeping my Spanish. (laughs) My concern is teaching my children how to speak Spanish Mm. and how to be fully bilingual because there's no doubt that they're going to learn how to speak English. There's just no doubt. Look, it's hard when you're a recent immigrant to this country to learn a new language. Like, for example, when you come here and you're 25 and you've got to learn a new language, that's hard. But the majority of the population growth that's coming from Latinos and Latinas in terms of demographic growth is actually not coming from uh, new immigration. It's coming from people who are being born here, like my kids. I was born in Mexico. My husband was born in the Dominican Republic. My kids were born in New York City. Mm. They're American kids. Um, they, My son spoke Spanish first, 
My daughter spoke English first, and they're both working at being fully bilingual. My son is trilingual. My daughter is trilingual now.、Um, so, the problem is, is that when you have someone as influential as Tom Brokaw for a generation saying something that is factually incorrect, it's a problem. And for him then to not truly understand. What? Why this hit such a nerve? And for him to say, "I'm sorry if I offended anyone," it was like, "No, no, no, Tom." What you needed to say was, "I'm sorry I misspoke," because as a journalist who deals in fact, my opinion my opinion was wrong. Right. Because、okay. when I went and I did my research, actually. Latinos and Latinas are speaking English in record numbers. It's never been an issue. We understand that in order to make it in this country, you speak English, and we do. Like I said, our issue is not speaking English,、yeah. dear Tom. Our English is actually wanting to remain bilingual, and that is an asset, not only to each of us individually, but to the country. And and、uh, the, the other thing that bothers me when this issue comes up is. The incongruous way in which people talk about Latino、uh, assimilation and immigration, and the way that they have talked about other、uh, people who've come from other parts of the world,、uh, no one bothers Italians for holding on to their language. No one criticizes. Poles for holding on to their language. You think of all the recent immigrants to this country from Eastern Europe uh, uh, who who are holding on to their to their language. In addition to, of course, learning English, which you have to do just to 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 manage and survive and thrive in this in this society. You don't hear the same conversation, and and it always, I think, reminds of again the 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 bias that exists exists against. Uh, uh, Latinos, because they are brown immigrants to this country. So you know, there was a time when schools in Illinois—I'm not sure if in if in Michigan, but certainly in Illinois—where the schools were monolingual German. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.、Um, and there was a time, certainly we know, when actually Italians and Polish,、uh, the Jewish who spoke Yiddish, were being attacked, were hated on. For speaking those languages,、mm-hmm. um, and so many people、uh, now feel sad that they don't speak Polish, German, Italian, Yiddish, because and Spanish, right? Because you're made to feel shame when you speak this language, and that's part of what this whole nationalistic fervor that is、um, being egged on by this president. There are real consequences about this this no- notion of nationalism. It basically means we're better than you, and either you become us, or you are, or you don't belong, right? Or you don't belong. And look, it it is not a fun thing to have to wake up in the mornings like I did this morning, and I was just thinking about like, wow, if I'm feeling exhausted by the conversation about the wall,、eh, and I'm a woman. Who's a Latina with a tremendous amount of privilege, and I recognize, but I'm exhausted about it because when people say, "No, no, no, this is just a wall to protect the border," I say, "Actually, no. This is a wall that has a, a symbolism behind it,、sure. and sadly, it is racism because this president,、um, every single intelligence chief and department has said there is no crisis on this border. This is not a threat." 
And yet he is saying it is. We're going to de- there's going to be a national emergency declared because of this. And this is you just have to follow his policy decisions and the things that he has said specifically about immigrants and Latinos and Latinas. And you understand that this is an attack on a certain kind of people. So it is exhausting. It's really tiring. We have to work very much. And you know what? The people who have taught us how to do this actually are African-Americans who every day have sure. had to wake up and say, you know, <laughs> we we are going to make it in this country. We are learning from you. Um, but it is exhausting. Um, so we have to practice a lot of self-care, a lot of self-love, and a lot of understanding that we don't want divisions in this country. We are you. So what your listeners have to do is just look at your neighbors. Look at the people in your community, in your schools. Um, when I was at Wayne State Community College, oh, my God, like the diversity at that community college was fascinating. Sure. I don't feel threatened by that. And and I think that that's what we have to do, just not hear the things that people are saying necessarily, but look at what is going on in your community and, and build that bridge. You can do it. Yeah. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Maria Hinojosa, who is the host of Latino USA. Stay with us on Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. My guest is Maria Hinojosa. She is the host of Latino USA, a culture and current events program in its 25th year on the radio. It is new to WDET beginning tomorrow at 7 a.m. on Saturdays and on Wednesday evenings at 10 p.m. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number, as always, on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Maria, I also want to ask you about uh, this fake university that was set up right here in Metro Detroit uh, as an immigration sting. Uh, They created something out of nowhere as a way to try to catch people who are here illegally. This is, again, I think another iteration of the difference, I think, uh, that we're seeing right now in the ways in which we're talking about immigration, legal and illegal, in this country. Right. I guess, you know, the question that I have, uh, entrapment is a real complicated issue. Sure. That's basically what we're talking about here. Um, and I, the first thing that came up, to, came to mind for me is, is this really <clears throat> where we want to be spending this amount of money in the United States of America? This was a tremendous level of detail and dollars and time to be spent to ultimately uh, arrest a what, nine people, mm-hmm. more or less, mm-hmm. eight people, eight alleged recruiters. Um, and I guess the question is, is that really where we want to be putting our time and effort? Um, does it really, does it mean anything to people that these are students who actually got visas to come into the United States? 
uh, many of them were extending their visas. So it's not like they were coming in just to go to this college. Many of them were extending their visas. Um, I think about the fact that my father, for example, came to the United States first um, on a visa program as a fellow at the University of Chicago at Harvard at Johns Hopkins. Um, it was a time when the United States actually wanted brains to be coming into the United States right. and studying here. This was an effort to open the United States. So I feel like there's something so sinister about this, which is saying we want your brain, but haha, we're just kidding. And we're actually just going to exploit you. Look, I understand. I'm, I'm not going to defend the fact that there were people who were involved in criminal activity. It's a problem. Um, it, it's not uh, It's not anything that I condone. Um, but I think that the whole issue of the amount of time and money and effort and those agents, how did they feel about what they were doing on a daily basis? Is this really what you wanted to be doing as as part of the Department of Homeland Security is setting up entrapment programs? Right. When, um, when I think that actually there are more pressing issues around immigration, frankly, having a more serious conversation about actual immigration reform, which has just gone off the table. It just seems so strange to me, Stephen, that here we are um, for essentially the entirety of my life, and the conversation about immigration has just deteriorated every well, single year. Yeah, And as you point out, no one's talking about widespread immigration reform anymore. And, and I've said pretty consistently for the last two years, that's because this president's agenda is not just about changing the lo- the way we deal with illegal immigration. It's about changing immigration uh, even as it exists in legal form. I mean, this is somebody who wants to change the character of the country by by restricting immigration, whether it's legal or illegal. And that is what's holding us back, I think, from from the conversation you're talking about. Right. So, for example, um, recently Stephen Miller was quoted as saying that he would be happy if not one single refugee stepped foot in the United States ever again. Um, The grandson of refugees uh, from the Holocaust. Um, This is an attempt to change um, the entire notion of immigrants and immigration and the history of the United States. Um, These kinds of ideologues say things like, immigrants? Part of American history? No. No, 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 no. Used to be a part of American history. Not anymore. They were an American history when the United States was young, but we're a mature country. We don't need the tired, the poor, uh, huddled masses. We don't need them anymore. So we're not an immigrant country. And it's just like, wait, 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 hold on a second. You, as a group of privileged majority white men, don't get to decide and change American history just like that, forever. So, yes, sadly, the conversation about comprehensive immigration reform has gone off the table. It It is a very hard thing to say, but probably it's better not to be having that conversation with this president. Yeah, right. Well, that's, a, that's a really great point as well. Okay, Maria Inahosa, host of Latino USA, thanks very much for being with us on Detroit Today. Thank you. It's great. Love you, Detroit. Yeah, and uh, tune in Saturdays at 7 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 10 p.m. to take a listen to Latino USA. That's going to do it for me this week. I'll be back on Monday. Hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you on Monday.